This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, high fives all around. The Eskimos are 5-0, 37-26. They not only remain in first place, but they take the season series against the BC Lions and get some separation in the West. That was Friday night, and that was a lead from start to finish for the Eskimos in a win over the BC Lions, 37-26. Another win, more injuries, and we'll talk about it all with the uh, head coach of the Eskimos now, Jason Moss. Uh, Good evening, Jason. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you said post-game, uh, grittiest win you've ever been a part of. Uh, that's a, that's pretty high praise. I imagine you've watched the game a couple of times since then. Uh, I imagine your thought process hasn't changed on that? Not one bit. I mean, I've been a part of football for over 30 years. I've been in professional football for 17 up in CFL. And to see what happened to our team, decimated with injuries coming in, having it happen during the game, you know, being without your punter, kicker, long snapper for a good majority of the second half, um, you know, and having to grind out a two or three possession game for us offensively in the fourth quarter without being able to do those types of things, kick field goals and punt against a great team. I mean, it's hard to do that. And uh, to watch our team stand on its head and uh, and play that way when it mattered most and when we basically rallied around each other saying, I talked to the defense, said, look, we don't have a punter and we don't have a kicker, so you guys need to get the ball back to us as quickly as possible every time you're out. And offensively, we need to grind these guys down, use three downs and do it. And so guys rised up to the challenge. Guys stepped up when injured people uh, came off the field and other guys stood up and, and did their job. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was gritty, grinding, um, I mean, very proud of that group and that locker room. You just found another way to win. I mean, uh, that's what you just keep doing week in and week out. Whatever you need to do, you you get it done. Yeah, this this team, there's uh, something special about them, I, I believe. I mean, I, I'm there every day. I get to, to see it. The coaches get to see it. We talk quite a bit about it, um, the MO of our football club. Um, you know, they're a team in every sense of the word. They don't think about anything but themselves uh, collectively. There's no selfishness at all. Um, they love to grind. They love to work. They're competitive. Um, never say die type attitude. Um, they don't ever feel sorry for themselves. So, I mean, it's just, it's a cool group to be around. Uh, very thankful f- uh, for the start we've had, but they've earned it for sure. There's one thing to survive it, but there's one thing to, to, thrive, to thrive in this situation too, which is what, what you guys have done. It hasn't, you haven't taken a step down anywhere. I mean, and, and I like, and I was, I was talking to Brock about it after the game a little bit, and he just says the expectations say the same. A guy steps in, he has to do what the last guy did, and nobody expects any drop-off whatsoever. No, I mean, that's, that's what we preach in our locker room, in our meeting rooms. It's, you know, be prepared. That's your job, is to be prepared when called upon and the expectation will always be high it was high when i got here coming off a great cup win um it's going to stay that way the standard has been set um you know we, we went over a thing today this team since 2014 has won 70 percent of their games they're used to winning it's not like this is a fluke um but the way we're winning right now and the collective effort it's taking um 
is something else, and we just want to keep it rolling. Have you seen a worse injury situation than what you're going through right now? Um, no, probably not. I mean, um, you know, I know, I know, and, and we don't use an excuse, so I know other teams deal with injuries. I mean, that's just a part of our sport. It's a violent, um, violent sport, and it's just, for whatever reason, we've been uh, hit with it early in the season, and you don't ever expect it to continue. Um, but, yeah, for the amount of injuries we've had in a very short period of time, and the type of injuries we're having, um, you know, I've never seen anything quite like it. But I've also never seen a team thrive in it, like you said, and and play to a level uh, each and every week. And, and it ain't like we're playing lights out all the time. We're finding ways to win. When, the, when it's mattered most, we call it competitive greatness in our locker room. When our guys need to step up to make plays, they've been doing that and they made it in crucial moments of games. Um, you know, so... You know that that's what the, that's what it's all about. You've heard me say before. There's no style points in winning. It's just winning, and uh, our guys know how to do that. Uh, competitive greatness. That's a John Wooden quote, right? Is it not? I, I've heard a lot of guys refer to that. So obviously that's been a talking point for you with your team. Yep. Yeah, I've read read his book, and you know, um, you know his uh, and Carson and I talked about it. You know, a couple weeks ago, and you know, brought it up to the team last week about you know competitive greatness is just that. It's you know when it's needed when it's needed. Are you able to rise to the challenge? And the thing that I talked about our players is when do you want to lose a play? When do you want to lose anything? You should want to go out there every single day. The preparation every day is what affords you the opportunity to compete like that. And so if you're preparing for the game, it means you're preparing for every moment, every situation. So why should you think that you're going to lose any of those moments or any of those situations? So instead of just being competitively great you know, and winning, I want those guys to think about on every single play, don't lose a play. I mean, don't take one off. Don't lose a play. Think positively. Um, think together. Um, you know, those kind of adjectives that, you know, you hope that breed success. You ever think the football gods are mad at the Eskimos for some reason? No, not just the injury situation, but I mean the way the 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 will linebackers go down, and then you know your your kicker goes down, your backup kicker goes down. Uh, it just seems like you made somebody mad somewhere. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Like I said, we we got through it without our will getting hurt last game. So uh, things are looking up. Christoph did a great job, and you know we you know we had a uh, Hugh come into camp last week or into our you know practices last week on the practice roster. So. You know, we have some foresight into that. Um, so he's ready to go. I mean, you know, it's – I don't look at it that way. I, I've always said I, I'm a more positive thinker than anything. So when these injuries are happen, happening, I just think of the positives of it. And like I said, I think the guys that are getting opportunities right now and stepping up and making plays is only going to make us a better team down the road when our other guys do get back. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it keeps everyone on their toes. It keeps everyone excited about playing. You know, this week we'll have a number of guys playing again for the first time and, you know, surrounded by a whole bunch of guys that have barely played in the CFL, you know, and then there's other core group that have done it and won championships. And I think that's a collective great group to be a part of. What are those discussions like? I imagine you have them with your coaching staff and with Brock. You, you see who is hurt and who can play and who can't play. And you, I'm at, are, you, are you playing like a chess game? Oh, we could move him here or he could play there. We could bring this guy in. Uh, how difficult is it? getting from week to week to put together a team that can go out and play that's healthy enough to play? Well, I mean, we have backups. We have second and third string guys. I mean, we have a collective 46 guys week in and week out that we put on our active roster and reserve two of them. So there's always enough of those guys. And then we have our practice roster that we choose from as well. 
Um, you know, and right now we just have a number of guys on our sixth game uh, that can't practice or anything. So it's kind of a it's a collective effort to think about you know um, where we're vulnerable, I guess, where we do need some depth. Um, <clears throat> You know, and then who is out there? So our preference, my preference as a coach is always from within. So the guys that are in our locker room now are going to be the guys that step up. The guys that were in our training camp, I mean, they were, some of them are really good players. We just had guys that we felt more comfortable going with. And those guys are coming back now with these injuries. And we told them, guys that were in our mini camp, guys that were in our training camp, you know, there's a reason we had you in those situations. And, you know, those are the guys you want to reach out to for. But first, but it comes a time when if this thing keeps going on, you have to look outside the box a little bit and find different guys and find different things. But um, it's a collective effort between the coach and staff and Brock to, to get the guys that fit it fit us correctly and you know that's why I said you you start with from within and and work your way out the game Friday was tied at 20 for a while but for the most part you led wire to wire which is something you haven't done this uh, this season so far is that uh, a little bit more of a comforting feeling on the bench yeah I mean most of the games we've been down you know early in the in the first quarter by double digits or you know more than a touchdown it seems like in some of those games and um, you know, to start out fast, you know, Duke on the first play of the game to catch a 65-yarder and score two plays later with Brandon. I mean, that that just set the tempo of the game for us, it seemed. And um, we had talked about a fast start, and we had talked about the play that we were actually going to run with everybody, so they all got juiced up about that. And, um, you know, our defense comes out and plays extremely well, so like they have all year. And, um, you know, that that we needed it obviously with the way the game went with the injuries it was nice to have a lead and you know they fought their way back but you know when we needed to step up the most in that second half both sides of the ball did it and or all three sides did it and it was awesome to see sounds like the game plan going into the coin toss was if we win we uh, will take the ball and we're going deep on the first play yeah, I mean, it was partly that. Partly the the weather was very benign. I mean, there was not much wind at all in our stadium, which is not doesn't happen very often. <laughs> you don't usually catch it that way. Uh, you couldn't tell which way the wind was blowing, which is not usually what happens. So with it very limited wind-wise, you know, I felt very, you know, about being aggressive there. And if we won the coin toss, we were going to do it. So, you know, we did, fortunately, and it set it up perfectly uh, for the type of day we were going to have. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss for Michener Allen Auctioneering. My name is Morley Scott. We'll take a break. Be back with more. We'll talk about the Hamilton Tiger Cats a bit when we return on 630 Chet. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chet. Uh, we're back with the Eskimos head coach, Jason Moss. The Eskimos, of course, winners on Friday night against the BC Lions. They've got the Hamilton Tiger Cats here this coming Friday on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. 7.30 start time again. 6 o'clock for the countdown to kick off with myself, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, and Brendan Ulrich. Uh, Jason, the Ticats are 0-5. They just lost 60-1. to Is it difficult to take that out of the equation, or how much do you want to take that out of the equation as you prepare for them? Um... You know, when we played them there two weeks ago, they were 0-3. We were 3-0, and and everyone was saying it's a trap game and this and that. I don't look at it that way. I mean, they're professional coaches, professional players. They have a lot of pride. Anytime you get beat, and I've said it before, one point or 59, it's still a loss. And however you get over it, I'm sure I've read some of the stuff, embarrassing, you know, all those things that go into it. When your pride gets hurt, you either um, 
decide to change course and you know do everything you possibly can look in the mirror like I've heard a lot of their players say you look at everything and so you're looking for solutions you're not looking for you know um, you know complaining about it what's done has been done it's now it's try to get yourself out of it so you know I still I've always thought Hamilton's a dangerous team every time we've played them it's always been tough games we didn't lead in that game against them for till the last 23 seconds and they were winless at that time too the last four times four of the three of the last four times they've walked into commonwealth they've walked out with a victory so three of the last four so we don't take anyone lightly um you know we have a lot of confidence in our locker room that when we play at home when we play our best football we'll beat people um but if you do not do that you lend yourself up for failure, and that's what's on our mind is just going out and playing our best, worrying about ourselves and not worrying about their situation as much. Um, you know, we're preparing for the best Hamilton Tiger Cat football club we can get, and I feel like if they play their best and they make us play ours, you know, good things will happen. Is it difficult, do you think, to get that message across to your guys, or is that something that just football players know that? I mean, most teams, when they lose like that, they play better next time out and usually play a lot better next time out. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you lose by 59, that doesn't happen very often. I mean, you look in the history of their football club, you know, that's the second worst loss in their history. So over 100 years, they've lost. That was the worst, second worst loss. It won't happen, you know, in, in their minds. So, you know, the next time out, no matter what, how the game's going, it's probably not going to be that bad. So, um, you know, like I said, that's not our focus. Our focus is on competing against them on a play-to-play basis, worrying about preparation during the week, which won't change no matter if the opponent's 5-0 and or 0-5, um, and no matter who the opponent is. Our, our preparation's the same. The way we approach the game's the same. Um, you know, like I said, there's tons of motivation. The last time we played them, it was 25-point lead, and we lost it. Uh, their guy sets a, a professional completion record against us. Um, they come back, beat us. They've won three of four against us here in Commonwealth. There's plenty to be pissed off about and to be focused on. And uh, we've got we've got our hands full, and we we'll, we know that. You played them two weeks ago. How much? Uh, how does a preparation work? Do you do you talk when you were getting ready for them two weeks ago? Do you look ahead to this game, knowing you're playing them again in a couple of weeks' time? Well, I mean, usually when you're playing two teams or you're playing the same team within a couple of weeks, you always go into the first game probably with a little bit more because then you can use some stuff for the second week if it still looks like the same stuff is happening to you. So we're prepared. We've got a good game plan uh, set up. Um, you know, there's familiarity uh, with the opponent, which is a good thing. You know, the first time you play them, you're not sure how they're going to play you. Um, I th- think their game plan worked well against us. Uh, um, you know, we, we scored on uh, a three-minute possession right before the half, and we scored at the end of the game in a two-point conversion uh, to win it. But other than that, I mean, I thought they did pretty well against us, you know, and on on their defensive side, and then our offense, our defense got after them. Uh, I felt like, or felt like up front, they were, they were physical. They flew around in the secondary and did some good things. We limited their return game, so there's stuff that both teams will adjust to. Um, but the familiarity with the opponent and, and all that, you know, plays into it. And I think we feel good always about going on our field if we're prepared. Uh, I want to throw a couple rookie names at you from the defensive side of the football, guys who, who had first in the game on Friday. And first, Arjun Colhoun had his first uh, CFL interception. Uh, give me a take on how he's played. He seems he, he doesn't have a lot of tackles, and that tells me that they're not picking on him a lot. They're not going after him a lot, which is uh, normally what they do to rookies on yeah, that side of the I field. Mean, he, I think Arjun's uh, playing extremely well for a, for a true rookie. 
I mean, to uh, come into our league and, and play corner, um, field corner, doesn't matter, um, to play that position and not get exposed early is, is huge. I mean, and he's made plays. And the one play, the couple plays that have been made against him, I've seen Greg Ellingson make plays like that against every corner yeah. in our league. Um, you know, and he finger-tipped another ball um, in a different game. So, you know, and last game he had about, or against Hamilton last time he played, I think he had about four or five hard, crushing, bone-crushing tackles in zone. So the kid can play. Um, and I've been, I think we're all very pleased where he's progressing. He's got room for improvement like everybody on our team. But uh, I think his arrow is definitely up for us. And uh, he really seems to have an aggressive side to his game. He'll he'll surprise you sometimes. Like he's he's there immediately for the hit a lot of times. Sometimes looks yeah. like he's getting really close to jumping the route. You don't play in the Big Ten and start in the Big Ten as a corner mm-hmm. without being a physical player. I mean, Big Ten is all about running the ball. A lot of you'll play Wisconsin. You'll play some teams that want to run the ball down your throat, and you better be able to hold up against the run. So, um, Arjun brings that ability to tackle, to physically tackle you hard. Um, he's not afraid to get his, his uh, nose dirty, uh, and he can cover. And uh, so, you know, like I said, I think we're, we're thrilled with where he's at right now and knowing he's going to get better. Kwaku Botan got his first sack of the season. He's been so close so many times, had one called back on a penalty. Uh, your thoughts on his play so far? He's been phenomenal. I mean, for a kid that uh, we drafted in the fifth round, I mean, <laughs> he, he's, been a, he's a talent. I really think I think he, his sky's the limit for Kwaku. I think uh, that one's going to be one of many in his career. Um, you know, he's he's a hard worker. I think he's bought into our system. He's bought into the coaching that Casey's given him on a daily basis. Co- Casey coaches his guys hard, and they love him for it. I think he's taken to the coaching extremely well. But he's got a lot of talent, physical talent, raw talent that we're we're seeing on a day to day basis. And I think, like I said, he's only going to get better. Uh, but very excited about Kwaku. I was talking to him today, and he really, he really seems to like the, the the work aspect of it. First, he joked that he's glad he got a sack because Odell Willis has been calling the defensive end who almost gets a sack. And but he said he told me that when he watches film, he'll he'll watch the game and he'll watch it from his standpoint, and he'll go back and watch the game and he'll watch Odell. And just it just seems like a guy who just wants to learn and just get better. Yeah, I mean he's like he's he's a, first of all he's a smart kid. I mean he's got an MBA I believe already, so he's he's extremely intelligent. So when he's talking or he's watching things, I mean you can tell he's thinking at a different level than most people think. Um, and like I said, he's got a great great motor and work ethic. I mean he comes to work every single day, uh, and he's taken to coaching. I think he's sometimes analytical too analytical probably he probably thinks through things too much um but when he just lets it fly and lets it lets it go i mean that's when he when all of it catches up for him i mean he's only in his first year his first five games i mean when i think of him through 18 through 20 games and a whole off season and coming back i think he's going to be a scary player down the road for many people to worry about Thirty-two thousand plus at the game. How important was the crowd in that game? They were they were seemed pretty loud. It was huge. I mean, I think all of our home games have been that way. I mean, they've been loud, proud, uh, excited about our our team, and it shows. I think uh, it helps. It helps a tremendous amount. I mean, at the end of the game, when you see teams taking delay of games or you see teams that can't communicate. I mean, that's all the crowd. And, uh, you know, obviously our, our players getting them excited for from good football play. But that's, that's the crowd, um, you know, being excited about watching what they're watching. And um, it's definitely a help. And it's the best in the league. And what can you say about that other than that? 
And uh, should be another big crowd coming up on uh, Friday night, the Eskimos and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, Jason, thanks for coming in again. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. And uh, good luck piecing everything together uh, the rest of this week for Friday night. Sounds good. That's Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. That's the coach's show for tonight. Uh, we'll be uh, on the air Friday night, 6 o'clock, with the countdown to kickoff from uh, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, the Eskimos and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Have a good night, everybody.